hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. Online about technology. Fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thanks for listening, thanks for downloading. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, good night. Uh, Two Blokes Talking Tech, thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au, episode 111. I'm joined uh, this week and each and every week by the other bloke, Talking Tech, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. Good evening, Trevor. I think, though, uh, before we proceed, we probably need uh, our, our listeners uh, an explanation of an why apology. we were off the air last week. Yes, basically. We a couple of tweets, a couple of emails, thinking, I need my fix. Where are you blokes? And, and look, one of us from was... From my end, yeah. I was in the US. Uh, time differences weren't helping us, uh, yeah. and we just couldn't get together, could we, Trevor? Well, that's it. But look, uh, let's blame me. Blame. Even though you were on a junket, uh, I was back here, and I just couldn't, couldn't organise the time perfectly, so we apologise. For a missed week, but gee whiz, we're going to make up to make it up to you this week with a whole stack of uh, news and information. As I said, thanks to the good people at Netgear, proudly supporting Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Mate, we'll kick it off. Um, we were together today at the um, LG um, big launch of the year. Now, two weeks ago, we were at um, at the Samsung TV launch, uh, and today we were at a, some palatial mansion in Darling Point in Sydney. Some poor millionaire had given up his home for probably tens of thousands of dollars for the day and LG had kitted the joint out with all their latest TVs um, and some really nice announcements. Um, you know, they're going heavy into the ultra high definition that they showed us and, and announced their, uh, their curved OLED TV but without a date or even expectation of price and they wheeled out um, the force uh, in, um, in Ewan McGregor which really did get one Stephen Fennick quite excited. Absolutely, yes. It was uh, it was a very impressive place. Uh, they wanted to sort of make the give across the message of uh, high high quality product, high quality uh, top end uh, location. They, I think, they achieved that with their Ultra HD and OLED TVs. But and Ewan McGregor being revealed as the face of LG Smart TVs, let's call him. Yep. He's going to film a couple of ads, I think, over the next couple of days, which we'll see then uh, on TV. And uh, he's also going to feature in a lot of their print and online advertisements as well. And the whole, I think, it was a, a, a good choice because, and he explained this really, really well himself. He said, "Well." I make movies that people watch in the cinema, but you know they eventually end up on on great products like these. And mm. he was very impressed with the OLED, the Ultra HD, and you know um, suggesting the fact that the quality you're going to get with these TVs is very similar to the cinema experience. So uh, a good ambassador, I think oh, he'll be. I actually said to some of the people from LG afterwards, I said, "Do these brand ambassadors are a bit of a wank sometimes? You know, it's just a face for a TV ad or whatever." But I, he actually had me there. I, I I really enjoyed. He was he was very relaxed. He was very um, informal. Um, but the, that it was that comment that you just touched on that really got me because he said, you know, in movie making, a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of people go into making a movie, not just you know script well and whatever, but the lighting is done perfectly. They spend days setting up the lighting, and he said. 
this is the occasion now with these ultra high definition TVs where you actually get that full experience that they spend all that time and money on. I actually thought that's a bloody good point. Absolutely, yeah, I agree. I I agree with you there. That's. you know, they go to so much trouble, you know, and, and I think what he said, one of the things he said was that it's such a collaborative thing. There's there's literally hundreds of people working together to make this movie the best it can be, not only the way it looks, but, you know, the script and everything, the way it sounds even. And, uh, no, I think that was a great point that he made, that the, the end result can be enjoyed as it should be, mm. as we intended it, on uh, on these high-quality TVs now. Now, what did you... I mean, they, 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 they're surprising there. They've got UHD TVs in different sizes, which we can run through in a bit. I, I guess you've probably got those details there. But the, the OLED thing is starting to annoy me a little bit. I mean, we, we heard about OLED at CES 2012. CES 2013, um, we, we again heard about OLED, and we saw this, um, this curved version, which is fantastic. But again today, no date, no expectation yeah. of time other than it's in the future. They keep, yeah, I, I think, they're, they're, I think the, the two main companies that are vying in the OLED space, let's just talk about that for a second, is obviously Samsung and LG. The yeah. two Korean companies are, are hard at it. I don't think one company is, uh, wants to show their cards just yet. It's all obviously driven from Korea, wh- who does what mm. first. Um, but uh, they've been promising it for so long. It's been a bit of a tease, I think. We're seeing the quality of these TVs, and they're incredible. I think one thing that's probably delaying them is just the cost of production. I think just that they haven't got the the, the proper scale of production right yet to bring the cost at a reasonable rate. I think that curved OLED, you wouldn't get much change from $15,000. A straight OLED, same size, 55-inch, you're probably looking at ten dollars to $12,000. Now, I think that may be something that's holding them back. What do you think? I reckon they're probably waiting for that there to hit the sweet spot in terms of cost, which we probably see later this year, possibly even early next year. Oh, I mean, you know what? I actually don't think so. I I reckon they literally are having production problems. You know, you yeah. think about you think Maybe about how standard productions are. They normally just churn out these flat things. Now, if it's curved, it's a whole different production line. Yeah, it's completely yeah. new. If they're getting a high error rate, they they they've got to turn the things back. They can't release a fifteen thousand dollar TV with errors. So I reckon it's production delays, and I reckon LG is now obliged to get that sorted by the 29th or thirtieth. December this year because they've now said 2013. They said that at CES. They've put a line in the sand now. We should also point out that Samsung also, we saw these TVs at CES in Vegas in January, Samsung also have a curved OLED. Mm. So they're pretty much mirroring what uh, the other company's doing. But now you're right, they did say 2013 so they've given themselves a deadline now. Yeah, so exactly. But let's look, hope that the, uh, we see it sooner rather than later. I'd love to see the football final series on a curved OLED. That'd be great. The thing that's interesting, uh, and maybe I've got my figures in my head wrong, but Samsung's big UHD TV was 84 inches, and it was 40 grand. Yes. The LG version, 84 inches UHD, is 16 grand. Yeah, I know. Big difference there, isn't it? I think Samsung, though, I think the gallery frame, the whole way it's been presented, look, you know, we can talk all day about which which is better than the other in terms of screen quality, picture quality. But I, I think, yeah, that that's quite a discrepancy when you're getting, uh, I think it's only one inch larger, the Samsung TV. It's 85 yeah. inches, not 84. Yeah. Uh, the gallery frame is nice, but it's I don't think it's worth an extra $25,000. Mm. So, yeah. Um, I think if you're living at that house at Darling Point, if you own that place, you'd say 40000 Sure, I'll mm. take one of those. Well, I think if you're living at that house... <laughs> it might be a hard decision to make. I think you're living at that house. You actually said, listen, leave that curved one here. 
Yeah, he probably owns that. He's probably got two already, though. So <laughs> Doing all right, I think. He owned the house next door as well. Look, um, it, it was. I think they've done okay. They've got a very. I actually think the Ewan McGregor thing will work in their favour yeah. um, in their marketing. It's a really nice plan that they've got. Um, so yeah, I think. I think they've they've got a good leg up here. They they showed a lot of graphs and charts about sales figures, and they were using really weird terms, which didn't make me think they were not not disingenuous, but just uh, you know hard to compare like for like figures and things. Yeah. But essentially, what I read out of it, LG is doing better than they than they than they were a little while ago, and yeah. they're battling Samsung in some sectors, not overall, yes, but right. certainly in some sectors. But they did mention, obviously, the pillars of their of their TVs and the success going forward is design, uh, the experience or the quality, and also the connectivity. So that was kind of the three the three parts of the story they were telling. Design spoke for itself. The quality of the TVs, in other words, OLED, which looked stunning. The Ultra HD, which also looked very impressive. Uh, and the connectivity, the the smart TV, the cloud service. Remember they announced the cloud service? Mm. Remember yeah, today yeah. where you sign up for your cloud service, someone can take a photo on their smartphone on the other side of the world, send it up to their cloud account. People sitting in your lounge room can access that photo almost instantly on the, on the LG smart TV. So that's another another uh, uh, bow uh, string to the bow, I think, for the LG Smart TV and its capabilities. I think a very interesting stat that stuck out for me was that one in four customers never realised they had a smart TV. They didn't realise what this thing could do. Yeah. So uh, I think they need to. It needs to be more an educational thing for customers to say, "Look, you're buying a smart TV." Get the most out of it. This is what you can do, and and, and have it demonstrated to them. I think they did. Uh, they did show off some in-store uh, stand structures that they've got set up for the for the customers to experience it in-store. So I think that, you know, that's where the rubber hits the road, where yep. that last three feet of the purchase takes place. I think it's a good move that LG probably have even their own staff in those stores. To, uh, to help sell the product on its merits and, and its features. Good luck to them. Um, some beautiful new things there, and you'll be able to see pictures and read all about that at uh, techguide.com.au. Well, changing gears to smartphones now from smart TVs, and we've had quite a week when it comes to smartphone releases. Uh, last week, we saw the introduction of the HTC One, the highly anticipated uh, device from HTC, which has had a lot of great reviews, including one on Tech Guide. Mm-hmm. But that was quickly followed up by the Galaxy S4. Now, I, you were at the launch of it. I was in LA, but I did get all the news and hear all about it. Mm. Uh, they, again... Announced or had the launch for the product on uh, the early in the week. Hmm. I think it was the 23rd or 24th, whatever it was. And then announced that it was going to be available in stores a matter of days later on the Saturday. So that was, uh, I think we were expecting it. I was certainly expecting it to be a little bit later. But uh, really, I, I'm sure they wanted to take a lot of the wind out of the HTC One sales by getting it in store as soon as possible. And we've both got both devices. I've been using the Galaxy S4 and preparing my review probably to be published Friday. But um, impressive device. It's, it's it's the smartphone smackdown. I think these are the two to beat in the Android world. Yeah, I I couldn't be more impressed. Now the, the Samsung launch was uh, you know in true new Samsung style. I say new Samsung because it's seriously it's compared to five years ago. And I spoke to Tyler McGee. I said, listen, mate, you know, five years ago, did you really think this would be the Samsung of today? And you know, he said, of course we did. But uh, honestly, okay. I, I don't think they did. I think they've they've re- rejuvenated that company. I think the way they um, the way they launch now, the way they communicate, everything is just. 
I don't want to say Apple esque because they are doing things a bit differently, but they are getting the publicity. Apple they does all those different things. Another gear, haven't they? That's right. And this, the launch was huge. They had people's photos in the Opera House. The, the guy Sebastian singing. Um, the, the launch itself, the discussion, the, the presentation was as painful as the the New York one because they had some random actor from House Husbands on trying to be funny. It was not good. But <laughs> when we got to see the device, you know, you pick it up and you go, and you know what? The screen is is unbelievable on this thing. It really does blow you away how how bright the screen is. I remember Tyler McGee holding it up and I'm at the back of the room and I'm going is that real like that's just unbelievable quality and brightness and you know as you said oh, we've, we've had it for a few days mucking around with it and, and it is it's a nice device I I still think it's plasticky it's not as plasticky as the Samsung Galaxy S3 it's an improvement for sure um, yes. but you know quality wise it doesn't and I know it's a fantastic phone but it just doesn't feel like the same amount of money has been spent. Like you don't feel like you're spending yeah. $900. Not like, build, not, not like the build quality that you feel with the HTC One. I that's think that, right. That's what really set, sets it. people's impressions off straight away with the HTC One. As you get it in your hand, you think, wow, this feels like quality. It feels like an iPhone type quality. Yeah. Metal, zero gap technology. The screen looks terrific. Front-facing speakers that sound brilliant. That's a, uh, that's a winner they, for me. They've they've ticked all the boxes. Samsung, though, on the other hand, have managed to fit a bigger screen into yeah. virtually the same size uh, uh, device as the uh, uh, Galaxy S3. Screen is very impressive. Processors even faster. Some very impressive features. Some say may say gimmicky features. I quite like the uh, you know the eye the smart stay whatever it's called, and the little picture of the eye comes up when it notices you looking at it, but. You look at the bottom of the screen, it doesn't always scroll. You look at the top of the screen, it doesn't always scroll. Sometimes it does. Hmm. The gesture control works 90% of the time. You can just wave your hands up and down the screen to scroll your web pages. Things like that are great. They're good. They're, they're good. Uh, I think the novelty will wear off on those. But at its heart, I think the S4 is still a good phone, still works very well. A lot of great apps, uh, Samsung apps also that work on it pretty well. Camera is brilliant. That's a real step up for the device too. HTC One, probably the camera could have been a little bit better in my opinion, but I think that's probably the only blemish on the HTC One. Battery on the Galaxy S4 too, I must say, is also very, very impressive as well. Yeah, the the both devices for me, um, you know, hands out, you know, top three devices. I think iPhone, Samsung Galaxy S3, and HTC One are your big decisions, and normally it's you know one or the other in terms of iPhone or Android. And and I just think the HTC is going to struggle just because Samsung has this this renowned name now for people in smartphones. So there's yeah. kind of that that sense that that's what people want. Um, so I think you know play with the camera features is great fun, but I think in the end most of those things. You you don't use on a day-to-day basis it's really about you know the sound quality the build of the device and and which one you want it's, yeah, it's kind of it a look and comes, feel thing it all comes down to marketing now i think yeah. and, and i think you put htc marketing budget against the samsung marketing budget i think samsung going to win 10 times over you're going to see it everywhere uh so you know i think i had a question on the radio today for, when i was on 2gb with chris smith and the guy said look what do i get the samsung galaxy s4 or the iphone 5 and i said mate don't forget the htc one so I threw that in the mix yeah, as yeah. well. Uh, you know, I think – but isn't it good, though, for Android, the Android platform having a device that, let's face it, it's iPhone-worthy. It's as good as the iPhone now. It's a real contest now. Before, a couple of years ago, three years ago, iPhone system was way better. The Android system was a little bit flaky. It's come a long way in a short time, and devices like that, there's no wonder people are considering 
making the switch. The, the, it's no longer just, yeah, I'm getting the iPhone, an automatic decision. People are really thinking about it now. There's real competition out there now, which is good to see. Yeah, it's great to see. And I just hope that over, over the course of the next six to eight months, we get some good stats coming out of the uh, out of the company so that we can really understand who's winning this battle because, uh, you know, it's well, a battle. Samsung, the Q1 figures were released, the uh, IDC released the Q1 figures, and that was actually showed that smartphones overtook regular mobile phone sales for the very first time. 51.4%, I think, yeah. of total worldwide sales in Q1 were smartphones. Samsung were number one. I think they had 70 million worldwide sales, a year-on-year increase of 60, six, mm. zero, mm. 60%. It's ridiculous. Now, Apple were number two, 37.5 million, I think, worldwide, an increase year-on-year of just 6.6. So Samsung uh, going ahead in leaps and bounds. It's... Uh, it's a quite a battle out there. Some pretty nice bonuses have been paid in recent years, recent months on the Samsung executive team, I'm very well sure. Uh, you can uh, check out Stephen's review later this week uh, on the Samsung Galaxy S4 at techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And as we say at the start and all the way through, we do appreciate the support of our good sponsors, Netgear, netgear.com.au, uh, anywhere any time, any screen, any media, that's what they say, because today it seems all you need is a simple internet connection to turn your home into a connected home. Netgear products deliver the ideal solutions for connecting any internet-enabled device, providing seamless access to digital media anytime, anywhere. Uh, have a look around the connected home on their website. If you click on connectedlife.netgear.com.au, and there's a link to that on the Netgear website, um, you can actually navigate around a virtual home and see what all the devices are they've placed around, from uh, power line networking to wireless routers, wireless adapters, wireless extenders, push to TV players for your TV, Netgear um, Storer, storage device for a network storage, uh, access your files across the network. They do so much around your home, so um, check that out on the Netgear website. Connected um, anytime, anywhere. Netgear.com.au Well, this is one of those funny stories because uh, we've celebrated, you know, more than 20 years of internet, but the World Wide Web itself turns 20 today. Now, the internet itself is a is a different beast. It's been around for longer as a kind of networking uh, uh, connectivity tool. But the World Wide Web, the thing we know is the internet. You know, you type something and you get, you know, text and pictures. 20 years old, Stephen. You know, it's I've been on it for 18 years because I've been mucking around on this thing since 1995. And Jesus, it's changed a lot. Absolutely, mate. Yeah, no, and I'm the same. I, I, uh, I remember getting my internet hooked up. I remember even the month. It was January 1995. Mm-hmm. It was a month before my daughter was born. <laughs> my eldest daughter. She's 18 now, so Ooh. she's had the, literally I've had the internet her whole life. Um, and the World Wide Web or the, the browser, I think, as we can probably call it, um, interesting birth back in 1993. It was it was invented by a British physicist named Tim Berners-Lee, mm. and he created this technology to help because it was created by CERN, let's explain, first of all. That's a European organization for nuclear research, mm-hmm. okay? So it came from a funny place. But the reason he did it was to help the physicists share information between universities and institutions around the world. So it was this graphical representation like a document you can read online uh and the the lucky thing for all of us was that they decided to offer the technology 20 years ago today royalty free so it was basically Mm. free for everyone to use yep and then we saw the likes of netscape and mosaic and all these browsers come uh come about in in the in the mid 90s 
and is the internet that we know today, the, the World Wide Web we know today. Yeah, internet Explorer, Netscape. Netscape all the, I've nearly yeah. forgotten what it was called there. But, later you know, on, we had Apple coming into the mix with Safari. Now there's Firefox and Opera. There's Chrome. so many different browsers. What, what uh, young people today don't realise is that, you see, I've, I've still got the book that, that Aussie Mail gave me when I joined the internet in 1995. It did not mention the World Wide Web. There was no mention. Of the WWW, so the World Wide Web. It was sort of mainly email and Gopher, chat rooms and things like that. The World Wide Usenet, Web quite wasn't there. Exactly. Usenet, Gopher, FTP, all these different things. But there was no World Wide Web. And there was a text-based access that you used called a link browser or links. And and, um, and it was all text. You know, the internet, you would just type, you know, www.techguide.com or whatever it might have been back then. Uh, and you would just get text. And and the text was highlighted if it was a link, and you know it was it was basic, it was plain, it was like looking at a word document in black and white. And can you remember that I can remember getting the internet for the first time and seeing my internet, my computer, the screen on my computer connect to another computer and display text that wasn't locally stored on my computer. Oh, mate! It's people take it for granted today, but I've got to say that moment was amazing. Mate, seeing that for the first time, our kids today who've had it all their life will never appreciate that that feeling, that achievement, mm. and what it was like to go from what we had to having the internet. That's it was right. amazing. You know, well, I was, we were just out of school at the time, and my friends and I, you know, big Simpsons fans, and I can remember, this is how crazy it was, right? We would dial up to the internet using, you know, a crazy dial slow, right, yes, yeah, slow, slow internet. To be engaged if we, you're on the internet, remember? We would dial in, and we, we would use one program to dial in, and then you would open another program, and you would find a, a, a WAV file, a Simpsons sound like, you know, Homer going, do or something, yeah, and it was, a, it was a big file. And and here's what used to happen with Aussie Mail. You'd download the file, and then we had to disconnect, reconnect using a different piece of software so that we could access that file and bring it down onto oh, our computer. Man. And the number of phone calls we would make just to download these files was enormous. Yes. Uh, phone so, bill took a bit of a hit. You know, what we have today, and, and they used we to take charge you too by the hour. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Oh. The flat rates of internet were not around straight away, it was by the hour. Hmm. So uh, you'd be a little bit nervy if you're sort of spending a little bit more time on it than you would, and your wife or your parents are screaming, "Are you still on the internet? I need to make a phone call." And they pick up the stuff. phone and disconnect you accidentally. It was just crazy days. God, we can reminisce. Uh, the internet uh, or the World Wide Web, twenty years old, and you can read more about that at techguide.com.au. Well, following on from that segment, Trevor, certainly one product of the World Wide Web, uh, internet dating websites. <laughs> it's, uh, we've come a long way uh, with, the, with the World Wide Web, more than 630 million websites that are worldwide, I should add, before uh, we move on. But one thing we're going to talk about, as I mentioned, the dating sites, there is one new site and app that uh, kind of takes it into a different direction. It's called Canoodle. And what it does, it actually, rather than building its own website and its own thing you need to join and, and put up your profile, it uses Facebook because you've already got a profile and you've already stated your interests and you're kind of describing what you like and don't like anyway. So it's let Facebook do the heavy lifting mm-hmm. and it's got uh, some technology in the back end where you can actually filter the uh, through the Canoodle website. So you can adjust your likes and interests, pages you follow, things you like, 
and uh, it will then go out and find you similar matches based on those other people's Facebook pages as well. Yeah, not really of interest to me, obviously. Um, <laughs> or me. But it's an interesting way to approach um, you know, the use of the Facebook data, and it will yeah. freak some people out, honestly, because... You know, you think about it, and I remember joining Facebook a while ago and putting in my interest. You know, John Farnham. Um, you know, uh, what? There's a show called um, Whose Line Is It Anyway in the US. I used to watch yeah. it a lot. I don't, it's not on anymore. But recently, because there's a new version of this Whose Line Is coming out, I've been getting it in my feed. So this data just exists. And when when you bring that into a dating site, I mean, if I was single, at least I'd find someone who liked John Farnham, other other than my wife, who bloody can't stand him. So maybe maybe there's some smarts to the whole bloody thing, eh? Absolutely, yeah. I think uh, interesting, interesting take on the whole technology. But I like how the fact that they didn't bother building their own site, like RSVP or you know, Match.com or all these other yep. sites started from scratch and people had to join the site and put in a profile and do everything. Hmm. Well, when you think about Facebook, you've done that already. Yeah. You're on there already and, and you're active on there as well and you're adjusting what you like and don't like. It's kind of a dating site in real time, if you like, and, and it's what you can do. It's free It's free to join, free mm-hmm. to download the app as well. Mm-hmm. You can also match up based on your location. Um, so in case you want to have a lunchtime hookup, maybe catch up for lunch or see what's happening there. But um, and, and then you can there are in-app purchases so you can make your profile stand out in the crowd. The credits, you know, I think to to contact people, add smiley faces and things like that to make uh, to make, to find your perfect match. But good uh, luck, people. Good canoodle, luck, single people. And wanna... I love that name too because that's the word. All the gossip, oh. all the gossip people on TV. You know, when they see celebrities canoodling. that are together, and the word they use is oh, they were seeing canoodling in the in the. Back corner mm. of the nightclub. I think it's a clever name. It's a very canoodle. Australian name. And plus, right. I like saying it, canoodle. We'll, we'll, we'll wrap up soon so you can get back to um, <laughs> Joe. Uh, two folks talking to. Uh, just one quick thing before we talk the minute reviews because we're running out of time. Um, an interesting, you know, Amazium are actually quite a smart company when they when they get when you look through it. They they do a lot of they spend a bit of money on research and studies under things you wouldn't expect a mobile phone company to do. And they did some research into work life balance and you know how much people wanted it or respected it and all that kind of stuff. And they they had some interesting stats which I um I I didn't actually read that they sent to me. I read them on the Tech Guide website to be honest. Um, <laughs> when I was looking for things to talk about on the radio this week and uh, and. And uh, it was interesting because it's pretty much, in, in summary, before you give me the real stats, but in summary, people know that, that, they, that they're on they're connected too much, but yep. they, they can't break away from it. And what, what Amazing want is they want everyone to kind of give it up for a day, and they're actually suggesting this Sunday is, uh, as the day to you know, disconnect and actually treat yourself and enjoy life a bit. It's quite a good idea, actually, and, and kind of strange. Yeah. I think uh, it, it's, the, it's the ultimate irony, though. We're, we're so connected and we're using technology, and we all thought – that it would make life easier. We'd have all this spare mm. time, and we'd be able to do those things that we don't, that we want to do. Spend you know some me time, some time with the family, things like that. Have that balance. But we're connected so much. It's it's kind of made us either busier or or just given us given us a hunger to do even more. Um, so I think it's a timely timely little study. Uh, and, and some of the stats though are. One in two respondents agree that the, obviously work-life balance is important, 
but 66% said they still struggle to find the time to yeah. do things like spending time with the family. 73% said they haven't got time for uh, f- the family and friends. 53% want their own space, the sort of the me time relaxation where they're not working or doing other things. So. Mm. Um, Amazim, uh, a company that, that give, provide low-cost mobile phone coverage, want you to actually not use their product on May the 5th. And I thought May the 5th this week was Mother's Day, but it's actually May the 12th is Mother's Day. So mm. you can have a free day from technology on May the 5th. They sent out a gift pack to various journalists, and I got one today. And one of the books that was in the pack was a book of Sydney's best bushwalks. Another one was a book of inspirational quotes. And another one was a, a little travel board game as well. So get away from the gadgets and just enjoy uh, these other things in life. Yep, a nice little uh, little way to I – mean, just you know what's funny? Because I, I did dismiss it when I first read it, and then I thought, you know what, it's a good point. I do need just need to try a little bit harder to just put the phone away or not take it with me when we go somewhere. You know what I mean? It's just a, it's just that little bit of thought. You know, who, takes you know who the worst offenders are, Trev? And you'll discover this when your kids get older. I've got three teenage kids. Their heads are always in their devices, their mm, smartphones. Yeah. Like we, we go, we, we drive somewhere to a restaurant or to visit my parents or my wife's parents and my three kids are in the back, heads buried in a smartphone and I tell them, please put them away. I don't want to see them at the table. Talk to your grandparents. Talk to each other. Talk mm. to us. Mm. Uh, but it's, it, it's surgically attached and, and mate, you'll see your kids when they – and they no doubt have this in their lives when they're older – Mate, they cannot get away from it. They are more connected than the adults are now. So they're, they're kind of the worst offenders. And if they grow up with that kind of lifestyle, that connected lifestyle, they're going to start work and they're going to find even less time to spend with their family and uh, friends. So. I've, just, I've just taught Jackson how to uh, send a text message from the iPod Touch. So um, genius. <laughs> anyway, it's going to be the cats in the cradle. We're going to be singing this song. Yeah. <laughs> and the silver spoon. Okay, Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Uh, we'll go. We'll go an extra couple of minutes here just to give you the benefit of what we skipped a week. But uh, we'll give you a couple of one-minute reviews here from Stephen Fennick, who has uh, two great products: a phone case and a soundbar. Let's talk first about the iPhone five case. That's right. It's uh, called the Enki case. That's, that's spelled E N K I. Distributed by Connexus around Australia, forty nine ninety five. A great investment if you're worried that you're going to dunk your phone and ruin your iPhone five. Unfortunately, some people some people have found out the hard way that the iPhone five is not waterproof. This f- fully seals the device, so it covers the screen, covers the back, covers all the ports, camera, everything. You can still use it very easily, so the touchscreen is still very receptive. Uh, and, and as I said, encloses the case. It makes it so waterproof. It's actually waterproof to a depth of 10 meters. So you can actually swim with this thing once it's inside the Enki case. But don't try to do that without the case because you'll be off to the Apple Store to buy a new one. Forty nine ninety five available in black, white, and blue. All right, very nice. And uh, the other one that we'll wrap it up with is the um, the soundbar from Bush. Now, soundbars uh, seem to be the product du jour uh, around audio lately, and companies like Yamaha and Sonos, they've put out some pretty impressive soundbars, but also with pretty impressive price tags. What Bush has done, though, Bush is the company well-known for producing audio systems, digital radios. They've come up with a soundbar that offers nice two-channel sound, 
decent quality sound, even though there's no subwoofer, uh, for only $129. And it will improve the sound of your TV. It's got a physical connection with the cable. It's also got Bluetooth on board, so you can stream music to it as well when you're not using it to watch, to listen to your TV. So um, a good value product there, $129. It'll fit underneath TVs 32 inches or larger. Uh, so if you want to enhance the sound experience from your flat screen TV, the Bush Bluetooth speaker bar is the way to go. All right, sounds good. And uh, you can read more about both of those at techguide.com.au. And again, apologies for missing a week, but uh, Stephen was on a junket. Let's not kid ourselves. So we'll, we'll hear my- <laughs> I was ready to go, mate. I was ready to oh, go, man. but you said, look, I'm going away with the family yeah. and I've got to pack up the car yeah. and the violins were playing and everything like that. But yeah. anyway, we're here now, Trevor. Yeah, That's the main back. thing. We'll be back next week uh, and each and every week uh, with episode uh, 112 next week. And it's all thanks to the good people at Nitgear. You can read about nearly every one of those things at Stephen's website, techguide.com.au, as well as listen to his weekly podcast, the Tech Guide Podcast. And you can hear my gibberings on my own podcast, yourtechlife.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Talk to you next week.